Hi, I'm Steve. I'm Erin. And I'm Daniel. And we're the Verbal Reasoning Podcast. Three friends with professional scientific backgrounds. Talking about all things under the sun in the most digestible way. Enjoy. Hello everyone and welcome to episode, what is it, 12? Bruv, you know what I want to say before we start? Time has flown so far since our first episode, like it's insane. I think we're on episode 12 now. Like, when we started this. 13. 13. 13. Okay, wow. Chisos. So, everyone, welcome it. to episode 13 of the Verbal Reasoning Podcast. Uh, this week, it's the gaming episode, if you've been watching on our socials. And we would like to discuss anything and everything gaming this week. Just a quick disclaimer. Everything that we discussed this week will be heavily influenced by you guys' suggestions that we've received on our Instagram page, Verbal Reasoning Podcast. So if you have any suggestions for future episodes, keep an eye out for our social media pages where we'll be asking you directly what you suggest we should talk about in upcoming episodes. So, Steve, is there anything you want to start off by talking about? So uh, maybe we can start off with the, the age-old question again. Xbox or PlayStation, you know, they were like the first top uh, consoles, at least when we were growing up. It was between that and the GameCube, but obviously Nintendo has fallen off really. Every time there's a new console, it's, oh, you, what, what, what console are you getting? Is PS4, Xbox, blah, blah, blah. So just like maybe Aaron with you, like what, what do you think is your favorite the platform? The Wii. <laughs> I'm just saying, respect. I mean, respect the Wii, yeah, but I think the most pertinent question is, what was the kind of order of consoles that you got? So for mm. me, it was, I started off with, I, I can't even remember what console this what this console was called. I think it was the uh, Sega. If I'm the Mega that. Drive. The, the one that was like a, a small black box and you had to like blow on the game the cartridge. cartridge to put it yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. I think I that was that. the Mega Drive. Yeah. And then I had the uh, Nintendo 64. And bear in mind, yeah, I had the Nintendo 64 when the PlayStation 2 was out. <laughs> this is, I was living in real <laughs> abject poverty. But, um, uh, you're struggling, bro. Yeah, I was struggling. What's going on? And then, um, and then I had the PlayStation 2 after years of begging. And then I had Xbox, actually, Xbox 360. And then it went back to PS4. So, you know, I had a little switch there in the middle, experimented a little bit, and then came back to the PlayStation 4. So what you guys, what, what would you guys do with your console selection? Started on PS2. That was your first console? Yeah, very first one. You didn't have, like, and a then, Nintendo? Or? What do you mean, like, Game Boy? Or, no, like, like, a, a big console? Um, the consoles, like, so your first ever console was a PlayStation 2? Yeah, I used to play my PS1 at my cousin's. Man, it I wasn't rich like you. Like broken here, have, boy. Like, it's not like broken yeah, here. Yeah, PS2, then PC, then PS4. Man said, man said PC. Okay. Interesting. Come on, man. Come on. Um, you know what my first console was? I'm, I'm, you think you're poor, yeah? I'm going to bring you to poor. Do you, do, do you remember that, that little, like, held, handheld uh, game thing? With the oh, water. Oh, the 99p store? Fam, you know the water and you have to like shoot Oh my hoops. goodness, that, that is very poor. <laughs> that is very poor. Um, no one's even know what you're talking about. No, no, a lot of people Bro, even have that. That is poverty, right? That's that abject poverty. poverty. That's give two pounds a month to help Steve out kind of poverty. That's that's horrendous. Yeah, it was peak times. But after that... Why are we, why are we poverty shaming? Like, <laughs> we're poor, baby. We can I'm, say I'm it. Broken, we can man. say it. Rich people can't say it, but we can. We're poor. You know those, um, those handheld games like... It's full of water. Yeah, and you that's press one button. That's what I'm talking about. You shoot the hoops. Yeah, yeah. Wait, is that what you're talking about? Yeah, I'm talking yeah, about them ones. About. Oh <laughs> my god. The soapy water. 
<laughs> bro, I was a bad kid though. I always tried to break it and I wanted to see what was inside. <laughs> but no, on a level, like, uh, actually my first console was at Sega, like you, Aaron. So mm-hmm. I used to bang out like Sonic. Yeah, I banged Sonic out. My, I, I had the Nintendo 64, but then I just went straight to PS2. But you know what, actually, after the PS2, I got a Game Boy and that was like, I can't lie, the, the, the Game Boy was so sick. Like for all the games that it had, retro yeah. and new, I that was like a that legit was console. ahead of its time. That and the PSP, for example. I think they were very the PSP, ahead of their yeah. time. Very the PSP was time. way ahead. I think like when it when it released, it could literally run like PlayStation One games, which is like insane for a handheld handheld console. And yeah, given um, time as well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Given time. I mean, even till today, actually, I still use my PSP as an emulator, so mm. you can load it with like some software, and it can play PS One some ps2 games and like any other uh console game like nintendo's or whatever it's so, a multimedia uh thing as well right so you can play uh, as far as i remember you can play like movies on it as well right yeah was I, yeah it was like, movies it was like the first thing that you, you know like an mp3 player kind of thing yeah it was like that first gaming one way like you watch films you have yeah, music on it this time very the, the, when you think about it it's actually kind of crazy that I mean, I don't think you got the clout it deserved, really, the PSV. No, it didn't. It didn't. Like, like I think it killed mobile phones. Right now, it yeah, wouldn't be able yeah. to to contest with mobile phones. Yeah, yeah, hundred. Like, oh, yeah, definitely, I agree. The mobile phone industry just like yes. for the for the handheld uh, level, they just killed off handheld uh, consoles. That's why you don't see them anymore. I feel that if they had marketed it more as, look, if you get your child a PSP, you at least have control of what games they can play. And they marketed it more for children in the same way that initially the Game Boy, you know, the Pokemon games and everything was marketed more for children than adults. Mm. I think the PSP could have survived in this generation as well. But, you know, right no, now, I sort of agree. But like, right now for adults, though, like you can play Call of Duty, you can play Fortnite. As long as you have a smartphone, you can download any game you want on there. Why would you as an adult then go on to, you know, buy a PSP? That's if true. Exactly. A, an adult with a child, you might say, oh, let me buy my child a PSP instead of a mobile phone. Because you know I can control it a bit better when I when it's just a PSP. But like most kids already have the phone, so like That's having the, the hardware <laughs> isn't even the problem. Yeah. And also the games are free, so as a parent, you'll be like, you know, what's the point of me buying another console when he's always banging out his phone anyway? So, yeah. yeah. But it kind of takes away because like obviously the mobile games aren't as in depth as the PSP games were. Like they were literally game designers just set on you know maximizing the hardware capability. And trying to create a sick game so like star wars battlefront I, th- I think they made one on psp that was pretty like it was pretty good it was almost as good as the ps2 version which is like very difficult so, okay, so now that you've given us all ptsd by ma- like <laughs> mentioning a game that we all played in our childhood let's just talk about this topic that was brought to us by one of our listeners uh, who said could you please describe games that really stuck with you from your childhood so <laughs> I went and found a list of games that I'm just gonna I'm just gonna mention them, yeah. And when you have flashbacks, you know, what I mean, have a have, just have your flashbacks to people who are listening about oh, these God. games. If you're old enough to remember them, that is nostalgia, nostalgia. Nostalgia. Are you ready for it? Yeah, a wave is gonna come. I'm just gonna read through them quite quickly. Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith. Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Rayman. The Simpsons. Badman game. game. <laughs> Star Wars, the video game, 
the Lego Star Wars video game. Oh, that was a hard game. Wow, wow, that wow. wow. The, the no, that Lego Star Wars, yeah, put respect on his name because I can't lie, I, I, that, with multiplayer with that, that was a oh, insane game. Insane, uh, bro. Spyro. Do you guys remember Spyro? Spyro, yeah, Purple I played that on Game Boy. Yeah, yeah. Terminator 3, Rise of the Machines. I bought that for like £5 at secondhand uh, game shop. Poverty, I poverty. I so much. Oh, my God. Die Hard Vendetta. Star Wars Battlefront, Metal Fun. Gear Solid 2, Tom Clancy Splinter Cell. Oh, that was sick. Yeah. That was so hard. FIFA Street, hard. you know. Man said FIFA Street, bro. When you hear those Brazilian tunes playing in the background. Come on, man. You you're trying to like bust you a keep you up your side. favela your whole life. That's it. I'm in Brazil. Uh, Need for Speed Underground. <laughs> Tekken Tag Tournament. Yo, that Tony was a hard game. Underground 2. Mm. Whoa, whoa, maybe... whoa. Big game. Big game. Oh, okay, okay, hold on. You're talking big games. Midnight Go on, bring Club Free. Yo, machine. that game was... You know what I want to ask here? Which which one did you prefer? Midnight Club Free or the Needs for Speed? Um, what's it called? The Rival at that time. I forgot which one it was. Underground. Underground, yeah. I think it was Underground and another one. Like For me, it was Midnight Club Free because the cu- vehicle customization in that game was actually insane. Like You could, yeah, do, you could customize so much. It was mm-hmm. ridiculous, yeah. You're getting like a really crap Ford KA or something and just like customizing the crap out of it. Like rims. Man said a a Nissan Micra, lime green. I used to love just getting some (laughs) random crap car and just customizing the hell out of it. I used to love it. Um, And I spent so many hours of my life as a child playing that game that, Mm -hmm. you know, now that I look back, at the time I was like, well, you know what? If you enjoy it, then you should just do it. But now I'm looking back on it going, my God, I should have just gone out, man. What the hell? I spent so many hours on that game. No, talking you. about driving games, they don't play Gran Turismo. I used to play that. I, well, I, I liked it, but like I preferred the arcade style of like Need for Speed mm-hmm. and and um, Midnight Club because like on Gran Turismo it was fun, but you really need to know what you're doing. Like you can't just hold accelerate and bust any corner. Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah. Like Gran Turismo, if you try to hold the accelerate, you're gone. Like you're <laughs> gonna go. You're not gonna win anything. So yeah, I don't like games that are too realistic in the sense where I'm not trying to become a a rally car driver do you feel me like i just want to drive the car make it go fast that's it like i don't really you know all of that. No, see, i like to be, be like, immersed in the game and i thought the rally racing was was something i really enjoyed you know what i played it with um you know when you use um the actual steering wheel so my friend had a full setup like the, the seat he's got like the gear sticks the pedals and the steering wheel oh that's wealth bruv that's wealth but <laughs> i'm telling you that bang like that Honestly, if you just bought that and just had Gran Turismo, you would never buy another game. It was actually so sick. So I, I see like the angle, but at the same time, for me, I just want to, I just want that nitrous done. I just want to, I want to hold X, go through that nitrous through a ramp, and just you know like some, do something mad. <laughs> like I swear, just play Mario Kart on Midnight Club. You could like do do wheelies on the car. Do you remember yeah, you used to, like just go on the side like i don't know i i i preferred the arcade style but i see like where the gran turismo sits and to be honest if you look now like where's the arcade style uh car games they're all gone the only ones alive is the gran turismos and so that that actually won the and drive club yeah and drive when they forced down your throat Mm-mm. <laughs> Down your throat. What you the Formula One games is all right. <laughs> yeah, what? Dad, what? <laughs> Wait a minute. I, I have to question that. Hold on. Hold the phone. You what, mate? No, d- Drive Club coming for free. How oh, is it? The PlayStation oh, doesn't. Oh. Yeah, you, I swear your PlayStation should have it. Oh, was it? Oh, I didn't even know. Yeah, but I don't think you can do much. You have to like buy to get the rest of the game. Oh, okay, okay. 
So speaking of uh, okay. free games then, mm. bringing in another question from one of our listeners. Uh, what's your guys' thoughts on this early access game model? I mean, it's nice to get a new concept, like a new concept, you know what I mean? And then, like, you're going for a journey as the game update. So you see new things, it's meant to be exciting. But then, like, it gets to a point where it gets too stupid. And you're just like, oh, no. I mean, I don't like this Fortnite game anymore. still technically in its beta? I mean, what's the situation with Fortnite? I haven't played it in a while, but... I don't know, man. It's, I, I think it's not complete yet, and... Like, I mean, for me, bro, it ruins it, isn't it? You know what it is? It's clever, like, because they know if you release an incomplete game, let, let's say you don't invest all your money and you release an incomplete game and you market it as early access, you can get away with it. And then people are more likely to keep paying. Let's say even if it's a complete game and you market it as early access, people are more likely to keep paying for, like, the new, you know, additions then if you released it and said, oh, yeah, this is the full game, and then said, oh, yeah, here are some new additions, people won't buy it because they'll think, oh, I already have the full game. Do you know what I mean? Hmm. So I, I mean, I, I, um, it's a bit of a marketing tool. So Fortnite and, uh, you know, Warzone, Call of Duty, they both released playable, unfinished games that were free. They amassed a lot of uh, fans and a lot of following on those free games because they're free. You know, you see, most games nowadays, you've got to pay... 40, 50, 60 pounds just to be able to play them. But when you have the free option, you go on there. And instead, how they make their money is either through, uh, you know, adverts or through, you know, buy the season pass. So you, you can still buy stuff in the game. Yeah, so it's microtransactions. I have a so that's how they kind of that. make their money. And before we go any further, I kind of want to link another listener's question because I think they kind of intertwine with one another quite, quite well. Um, so another question, another question was, um, what about games that are more geared towards the battle royale style of gaming in which, you know, it's free games, you play the battle royale version of it. A lot of these different variations of these games are coming out nowadays. Do you think this will be the end of story driven games? So no. Let's link those two questions together a little bit. And like, I'm, I want to address the first point that you made about, you know, how games are like, uh, you know, early access free games. But then they make you pay through like DLC and um, I think there's a word for it, but like more content. I feel like expansions. this is expansions and stuff. And like, um, uh, what's it called? When you open up loot boxes, I feel like this really preys on, uh, on kid mentality. It's kind of like gambling. Do you know what I mean? Like, you, you know, oh yeah, if I spend a bit of money on this, I'll get this box and maybe I'll get a silver skin or whatever it is. I, f- I feel like it's kind you of... You mean like FIFA? Yeah, like FIFA, Ultimate yeah. Team. Yeah, all, yeah, Ultimate Team. Uh, most Call of, Call of Duty does that with their loot boxes. Uh, so did uh, there was a big uh, fiasco over the Star Wars Battlefront game. They did that. And it's kind of like tricking kids into thinking that, you know, because at the end of the day, they're not really the ones paying. It's their parents. And the parents think, yeah, you know what? I'm just buying my kid games. But really what they're doing is feeding their gambling addiction where they're buying, like, you know, the chance of winning something and not actually winning something. And video game companies have clocked that they could do that with kids. So I feel like it's really dangerous. I think there should be some microtransaction in games. Because with Fortnite, you had the skins. And I, I quite enjoyed being able to pick the skin that I liked. And you could earn like what V-Bucks from doing in-game stuff or paying just a little bit of money for it. Yeah, but like... So I think there are some pros and Sarcom. I, f- I agree with you. If it's like, for example, you know you're definitely going to get this skin... 
then that's fine. You're buying the, the skin. But when it comes to like a lot of games, you don't know what you're going to get. Is is just like locked behind this, you know, this roulette style um, thing. I feel that's when it's unhealthy. Yeah, so I was just going to point out that um, FIFA, they do, you buy packs. So you buy a pack and it tells you the probability of you getting a player that's 82 plus is, let's say, 0.5% or whatever. They put like percentages in there, but you only get those percentages if you actually go and look for them. And they actually got told off basically by the, uh, by the courts in Belgium because they said this is, this is gambling. You're teaching children to gamble from a young age and they were told you need to remove this, this aspect of your game. Now, I don't know too much about what happened in Belgium. If we have a listener from Belgium, maybe they can give us a bit more of an update on what actually happened there. But this was considered gambling, what FIFA was doing, and it was considered teaching children to gamble. So they did kind of warn EA that they have to find a new way of, you know, doing what they're currently doing. So I believe in the next FIFA, they're going to basically get rid of the whole pack thing where you buy the packs. But I don't know what they're doing as a replacement. But you know what? Here's the thing, yeah. EA even though they gave that ruling at the start, they were willing to break the law. They, 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 they released FIFA anyway, because mm-hmm. this was around two years ago, in the country, and still had that inside. So if we really think about it, yeah, if, if, if a major company is that willing to break the law for you know, what they claim is um, a harmless uh, you know, feature of the game, for me, that, that only like, strengthens the cause that, yeah, this is addiction, this is gambling to kids, and EA knows this, like, not just EA, I don't want to, you know, be libelous for this, but, like, large gaming companies know that this is what works, and a lot of their money actually comes from uh, people continually paying after they release the game. And I think what's dangerous also, sorry, I just want to add on top, like, this gives gaming companies an excuse to release incomplete games, like Star Wars Battlefront 1, if you remember that, when they released that first one, it was, it was an incomplete game, essentially. And uh, progression... There's no campaign. There's no campaign or nothing. Progression as well, let's say like you wanted better items, was locked under uh, basically microtransactions. So if you didn't pay, essentially you were worse than the players that actually paid for the stuff on top of the original game. So really they're releasing incomplete games and sectioning, sectioning off pieces for later sale, which for me is like completely corrupt. But... If yeah, I, I mean, speak. I remember the uh, okay, another game to give you guys PTSD. Do you remember the WWE games like uh, WWE SmackDown, Beast Raw, and, and stuff? Oh, like they that? were hard, yeah. I used so to smash that. Yeah. Those games, for example, when you played them, you could unlock legendary wrestlers, so you could unlock Mick Foley, Hulk Hogan, and the different belts, and so on. And you could do this for simply just playing the game, there wasn't even an option of I'll oh, get onto the game and then you know, uh, buy the characters that you want. Mm. And that was the case with most PS2 games where. If you wanted to unlock stuff, you just had to play. And you had yeah. to be good at the game. That was it. You bought it already. This makes me... You've already bought it, exactly. Yeah. Makes me want to pick a bone with Destiny. Mm. Because that was a shambles. Speak the DLCs. That. Like, if you didn't buy the next level, it would lock you out of multiplayer. So you couldn't play certain maps. You couldn't go into certain queues. Like, your friends, there was a disparity. If one had it, one didn't. So, like, it's just those little things. Holding you hostage, pretty much. Like yeah, for, for... so you'd pay £120 in total for the complete game. Oh, that's a joke, isn't it? Though? That's mad, yeah. And if you think about it, like, for for adults, like, you know, you'll clock it and then you make an informed decision whether you want to pay or not. But for kids, like, it's literally teaching them how to be an addict. 
they're just going to tell their dad or, or parents, like, oh, yeah, can you buy me this? Can I... The parents don't really know about gaming like that. They don't know the tactics that these game companies are using, so they pay for it anyway. And then this is when you end up with problems. And I think it's really like a key topic that the gaming industry needs to address and move on from. I'd... Like for all the benefits that it can have, for example, like Fortnite, I think did it in a healthy way where, you know, you can only buy skins. You can't really buy like weapons or your progress isn't capped by paying more on top of the game. That's a healthy way of doing it. But then again, you get companies... It wasn't paid to win. Yeah, it wasn't paid to win. Yeah, that's the point. The pay-to-win mm. model is broken and it sh- shouldn't be there. It just... It's, it's preying on kids with insecurity and... So, you know I mean? given the popularity of these types of games, which are quite basic, you know, it's just kill the guy that's opposite you and then win the game, be the last man standing. Given how popular they've been and given how much money is now being invested into them... My theory is that FIFA Ultimate Team will eventually become free as well uh, in the same way that Pro Evolution Soccer has released their version of FIFA Ultimate Team for free. Do you think that a lot of games will go down this route and do you think there'll be an emergence of more games like this rather than games that are maybe story-driven? Like you'll have a few handful of story-driven games that are quite big and quite mainstream but generally speaking people will opt for the free games of the microtransactions and this is a question from one of our listeners so mm-hmm. i think you can never get rid of story-driven games because it's it's more than just a game it's like it's like a piece of cinema in, in a mm-hmm. sense yeah it's a piece of art it's a piece of art like it's, it's, it's more than just gaming you're not really when you buy the story-driven game you're not buying it for the gaming experience it's because you want to know the story Obviously, gaming experience is in it as well, but really it's the narrative. So I don't think that will ever die. But I do agree that most gaming companies will move towards, if they can, to push it on a free-to-play basis. Because really, that, what that does is just removes the initial barrier for people to jump onto your game, which is the cost, the money. So once you remove that initial barrier, the catch is you need to catch them to keep playing it, and then they'll start paying for you anyway. And the difference is, instead of paying one lump fee at the start, and then that's all you're making, let's say all you, you charge 60 quid and that's all you're going to make is 60 quid. Now you have the chance of like, yeah, you gave it to him for free, but the amount he pays for the game over his lifetime could be like hundreds of thousands. So I think that is the way forward for mo- most companies. I mean, I don't know about if someone's going to pay you hundreds of thousands for a game. No, but... no, not hundreds of thousands, <laughs> hundreds or thousands. Like, some of these kids thousands. out here are balling here. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Well, true, yeah. Some they are, they are, are. In exuberant amounts. Um, yeah, I, think I, I kind of it. agree with you, though. I think, I think yeah. story-driven games will always be there, but I do think our generation will kind of be more inclined to pay and play those types of games than maybe the younger generation. I think that mm. with them, they're more used to the whole free-to-play, you know, kind of. Oh, it's almost like Arcadian games where you just okay. Here's your thing: is to just kill the guy opposite you. Like it's kind of like Street yeah. Fighter, but. Uh, in a more grand but you know space. what else it is the children of today are so used to being connected yeah like when we play games we couldn't just turn on and play with our friends online like yeah, they're on online, yeah. all social medias mm. always connecting so that's translating to the games they're playing now that's true that's true like fortnite call of duty fifa 2k all of these games it's very social games you that's talk true. about it at school you go home you play with each other you come back and talk at school again so like the preying on that that kind of idea, if you get what I mean. Yeah, yeah I no, totally I agree, agree with you. Yeah, yeah I, th- I, I think you're right. And like on top of that, not only are they preying on on what you just said, they're also 
like they understand that kids nowadays like it is, is expressed in a lot of our media it's like all, all very instant gratification kind of uh, feeling so uh, for example like the Fortnite or whatever quick it's quick the game lasts like what max like if you survive the whole thing maybe for like 45 minutes or half an hour I, I, I don't know how long it may last depending on the game but I mean if you compare it to other games I remember I used to spend all day on a game trying to finish the story so and if you look at music <laughs> as well music is just getting shorter and shorter and they understand that like quick powerful things stimulate human beings is like a quick fix of uh, entertainment which I, I don't know if that's a good or bad thing like in a way that's just how we wired but at the same time i think it's bad for our like you know our mental capability the thing is with story driven games once you play the game through once you don't really necessarily need to play through it again so unless uh, it was that good unless it was that good, incredibly yeah. good yeah so like i bought last of us 2 we've done a review on it it's on our website you know quick plug wordpress uh, no. Go onto WordPress and look up verbal reasoning. No free club. Got, yeah, no, it's our own. It's our own website. What do you mean? <laughs> 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 we don't about no free club. Um, we give them free club. Go on. Yeah, we'll, we'll, give, we'll give ourselves some free club. The only people who get free club here. Um, so I played Last of Us two, done a review on it and everything. I thought it was an okay game, but you know it took me like less than a week to play through the whole game. I've given you my sixty quid. Played the game now and it's done. But I feel like with Fortnite, with you know FIFA and you know, games of that vein where, as you said, the actual game that you're playing is that 20-minute segments that can be repeated however many times you want. I feel like they've got a longer shelf life than than the story-driven games. Mm, uh, I don't agree. Like, I, I think, like, for now, they'll have a shelf life until the next one comes out. And then when the next one comes out, it's dead. Like, Fortnite is being overshadowed by Overwatch or... No, not Overwatch. What's it called? Um... I mean, but the thing is, Fortnite is still humongous, though. Do you see the it's still humongous. Call of Duty. still got millions of people playing it. Call of Duty, same thing. But I feel like it's going to... It's gonna. What's going to happen to Fortnite is what happened to World of Warcraft, where, you know, there's a generation that played it, and then it'll just go away. But with good story games, like, you'll just keep playing them as long as they're available on your console, so... No, but that's what I'm saying, though. Like, the one game that you're getting, you're, mm-hmm. you've done, you're done with it in a week. Like, you're not going to play it again. Even if there is, like, a repeated, you know, let's say you yeah, play yeah. For, Fortnite. You'll play it for like at least a good six months. That's true. Where you're making all these microtransactions before you end up, Mm-mm. you know, moving on to the next one. So like in that sense, I mean, it'll, you'll play it for a bit longer if that if you get if you get. My yeah, sense. I see what you mean. But I, I guess they, they like the companies do the calculations and know the statistics of like how many people are going to play their game versus how much they could make over time. And so that's why single player games are usually priced at like sixty quid or around that 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 price tag. Because they know, like, okay, we need to make the money straight away, but the game needs to be worth that money, so they they price it correctly. That's I think a really to... interesting point. Mm. Can you can I just ask you to expand on it a little bit? Yeah. So yeah. You're saying that you know because because of what I just mentioned, you know, you might expect sixty quid for a you know story driven game yeah. because you need to recoup the money that you've put in and so on, and you have all the statisticians working on it. Mm. Do you think that that is maybe the reason why the story-driven games prices are you're seeing them getting increasingly high? Definitely pressure yeah. from these free games. For for example, let's say I'm trying to pitch my story-driven game to EA, mm. and then I'm going to be like, "Yeah, it's a great, it's a great story." Blah blah blah. Business-wise, they're going to be like, "Okay, well, you know, our microtransaction games, like we have statistics. We say over five years, it has generated X amount of money, right? Mm. They're going to be like justify why we should invest in this." And what instead of another microtransaction game 
So that, then you have to do the maths and be like, okay, most likely, let's say 60,000, I mean, it's probably going to be millions, but 60,000 people are going to buy the game for it to make as much money as a microtransaction. Let's divide that by 60,000 people. So how much should each game cost? Do you know what I mean? They have to do the math. So the, actually, the better these microtransaction games do, the, I feel like, yeah, the, game, the single player games will just get more expensive. Is either that or they need to cut costs on production, which will the result. Problem, in, yeah, exactly. Problem. The problem with single player game, there isn't that, that competitive aspect. Mm. You see, when you play the free to play online games, you know you're playing against somebody else. And you get that feeling that you're better than that person when you beat them or kill them. Like when you play a League of Legends, you know you've outsmarted that person. Yeah, but not everyone's. Or when looking you're in for a build battle with Fortnite. But I don't think like everyone's looking for that experience. So, for example, you get games like Animal Crossing, right? I mean, you ain't killing no one on that game, but <laughs> it's it, it's incredibly popular and does incredibly well. So I feel like like different markets, like you got you got to pitch it correctly. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you've almost like specifically hit the nail on the head for our next question i know i'm like really trying to push this whole what our listeners ask for thing but we do care what the listeners ask for so i'm just gonna yeah. move on to like the next thing uh which was kind of suggested to us for our social media which is at verbal reasoning podcast guys if you haven't heard me in the first time Free um, uh, so the next thing was kind of discussing the influence of video games in violence in the real world so you just said Animal Crossing is also a game. Mm, yeah. But why is it that there's this kind of fixation on games such as the Call of Duties of the world where they say, oh, my kid played Call of Duty and that led him to want to, you know, commit this act of violence. <laughs> yeah. If you remember San Andreas at one point, yeah, he was stupid. going berserk over that game. Like, oh, no, this game is going to cause to cause gang violence to increase. It's going to cause this, mm. it's going to cause that. You know, what's your thoughts on that? I mean, should the gaming industry be held accountable for violent crimes that are committed in real life? Or is that just, <laughs> you know, I mean, the way I asked the question. Yeah, they maybe... should a little. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, Dan, go ahead. That's interesting you said that. If you just put over-aggressive stuff in, in games, you have to think about who am I marketing this towards. Hmm. And let's talk about the gambling. And like kids, they like exciting, like excitement, especially the boys. That's, that's what the gaming industry is, is more tailored for. The parents do have an argument saying that it influences them because children are impressionable. Mm-hmm. So if they see violence in the house, they're going to be violent outside the house. Same way if you watch violent things on TV, you do violent things outside. Because you think it's okay because you've normalised, like you've so been desensitised to it. Do you think responsible then to kind of... I mean, do you think the gaming industry should then stop making these types of games or... You know, maybe should they put up some more firewalls in accessing those games? Because as we mentioned, Fortnite and Call of Duty are both free-to-play games, and it doesn't necessarily ask you for an age restriction. I mean, and even if it does, you can just set your age as being older on a PlayStation and just play it. Yeah. So who do you think? I mean, what steps do you think should then be taken if you if if that's your you know belief that basically some games do give this sort of uh, I don't know what you, what words should be used here, but like do kind of give this sort of motivation for children to maybe lash out in an aggressive way. Who's who's responsible for firewalling that? Is it the parents? Is it the gaming industry? Who should be held responsible? Parents. You think parents first, yeah? Yeah, you can't just let your child play twenty hours of game, and not expect <laughs> them to be affected, yeah. <laughs> and to get mad at the gaming industry. Yeah, Steve, what do you think though? That um, I, I I do agree. Like everything you see in life, do you know I mean this is why they put advertisements on billboards? It, it does affect your psyche. It does affect you. 
but to what extent I don't agree that it's like a sole blame so you know me what like I played I'm not gonna lie I played San Andreas so much as a kid like I spent so many hours not once did I gangbang not what you mean like not once did I come out like thinking yeah I'm 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 CJ let me go rob a rob a car or something like, My I think son pe- Steve was going to go to Harvard. He played San Andreas <laughs> and now he wears a bandana and shoots people. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what is this? What's happening? Yeah. Like, what's going on? Obviously, it's like anything, like films, you've got to be sensible in it. Like, you, the, basically, the child needs to understand that this is actually just fiction. It's not, it's not uh, real life. Yeah, the parents need to tell them. Yeah, the, the parents, but the child just needs to be like, obviously, you can't really say, oh, yeah, just smarten up. But like, yeah, the parents need to tell them. There needs to be an environment where they understand that this isn't real. But at the same time, like, for example, a lot of people don't know, but like Call of Duty is approved by like uh, US Hollywood and and uh, n- not just US Hollywood, like the actual military service. Um, they use this this kind of uh, the, these games to basically promote uh, people to join the military, uh, which makes sense. And it's happened like throughout throughout time. But I, 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 I don't want to be that guy and be like, oh, yeah video games are bad don't play violent video play violent video games as long as you understand that this is uh, you know this is this is not real batman's not real uh, the call of duty guy is not real no, neither neither is cj it's just like a film so that's my take on it please yeah, yeah, basically guys yeah, well, yeah that so, stuff was quite heavy yeah it's quite heavy it's heavy <laughs> but no i agree I with you to talk about zelda bro zelda is a sick game Wait, do you have do you have the um the switch no, I'm not that rich. Oh, you know that. <laughs> the Switch is a pretty good console. Like, one thing I was really surprised was when they released the Switch. So, like, I owned the Wii, and I when I played the Wii, Same. I was like, it was a good console, but it wasn't a console that I'd play day in, day out, like the PlayStation. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's a party console with your yeah. family. Yeah. But the Switch, I feel like Nintendo changed their direction completely from what it, what it was going to be to what it is now. Uh, they're they're trying to create like a serious gaming platform. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I definitely agree. Yeah, they said they want to get the the story driven gamers back. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. The wild. I haven't actually played that game. I just watched the 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 walkthrough on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. Have you got a Switch? No, but my my friend has my housemate has a Switch, and uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> one thing I was really excited for was a Pokemon game because I was you know since I was a kid, yeah, <laughs> my dream. I swear, I, I, I tossed and turned that night thinking, when are they going to release a first-person Pokemon game? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I, I want to see Bulbasaur in real life. Like, <laughs> What was your starting Pokemon? Uh, when, when I started, I, I was on Emerald. That was my Pokemon. first ever game. And I, I started with that Leaf guy. I forgot his name. Uh, I forget his name. But no, he was hard. But yeah. Which Pokemon was it? Uh, it was Emerald. Say Leaf Green. Emerald. Yeah, the, the Leaf. The grass oh, he looked like he looked like a lizard, didn't it? Ah, oh, there's Chikorita. Not Chikorita, the other one. But anyway, like I digress in it. But uh, I, I couldn't wait to see them what they what they do with like an open world one. And they created it. It's good, but it's not what I expected. I'm not gonna lie. I had high high oh. hopes. Like my hopes was hella high, Dan. I wanted uh. to see some Final Fantasy stuff. <laughs> I wanted to, I want to see Charizard like mash up you, you know when we play Monster Hunter and you see like the dragons like, yeah. just come out of nowhere I wanted that oh yeah that'd be pretty good yeah yeah pretty good. I was like please make that but Pokemon but they didn't quite do it so I don't know but do you remember the, the the Red Gyarados oh the my god 
I never caught that thing. That took me forever, oh, man. Oh, did you? Yeah. Imagine that in like a Monster Hunter style. That's mad. But yeah. That's exactly what you're expecting in the game. That's what that's what I wanted. But you know, I, I understand what Nintendo's doing because they're really marketing it, you know, more towards kids than um than like adults. adults. Yeah, they're, yeah. They're, there's a young generation, so they make it easier to play and more cartoony. I get that. But for the love of God, before I die, please <laughs> just give me something, innit? Just just one one little game. Just release that and let me play that. But yeah. Did you play um is it Twilight Princess on the Wii? Zelda? What? What was Twilight that Princess? Oh, Princess? Twilight Princess. Oh what? Is that what it was called? The Zelda game on the Wii. Don't start acting up. Nah nah, I didn't play no princess game. Uh, <laughs> what are you on about, bruv? I played uh, Mario and Sonic Olympics. That was good. Princess in oh. that. I don't know, man. Sounds very suspect. I don't know, man. You guys don't know real games. Like um, Aaron's just playing WWE out here. That was WWE right now. Bro, do you remember Roman? Uh, I don't respect any fighting game. You don't respect any fighting game? What are you talking about? No, nah, Mortal Kombat, Tekken. Yeah, I don't play games. Games. I don't know what you're on about. Stop sending, stop sending. How are you not respecting Tekken, oh. man? Tekken is a... Tekken, I've got memories of that, man. I remember playing in Algeria. Like, there was an arcade there. Oh, the ghetto. My God. Um, ghetto, ghetto. <laughs> they used to have, like, the machine. You know, like, those fat arcade machines, like, Tekken mm, 1. Yeah. Tekken 1 and Tekken 2. Bro, I used to spend hours there just smashing it, like... Yeah, we used to go Do you remember those, um... and on the ferry, we used to play those. Yeah. It's super fun, man. No, you know those arcade games where you had the, the handguns? You used to oh, fight yes. zombies. Time yeah. crisis. I, my, I was beg my parents. I would beg and beg and beg. You just gotta have one pound to go. I can go play on this. You know what's? They weird? never let when me. When you're a kid, they seem amazing. But like the like, I think before coronavirus, it might have been five years ago. It might have been two months ago. I've lost the concept of time. But like, I went to a place that had those. And I played it. And I was like, "Wow, this is so garbage! Like, it's just so bad." <laughs> garbage. Garbage. Garbage, garbage. Bro. It was garbage, and I was like, "This is just terrible." Do you know what I mean? And I, I don't know why, but as a kid, I was like so enthralled with it. I, I just I don't understand what was going mm. on in my mind. Bro, it's it's weird, isn't it? Because as a kid, like you're easily stimulated, so you know anything flashy. That's why they always have like flashing lights near the arcade machine and that. So yeah, that's true. It seems exciting, but you know, as you get older, you realize it was just. It was all just a stunt, to be honest. You, you, you got absolutely bamboozled into it. Paid so hella any, pounds. Is there any games that you've played recently that you think like give you that sort of emotion? Or like, yeah, that was a good game. Or is there any games that you're looking forward to that's coming out that maybe you think are going to have that sort of effect on you? For me, like, I'm not going to lie. Monster, I, I downloaded Monster Hunter because I remember playing it as a kid on the PSP. And it was a pretty sick game. And before that, like, it was only available in Japanese. So when I heard, like, oh, yeah, this is a fully English version, I was like, okay, okay. Got the PS4 version. Bro, that stuff is insane. Like, when you see, like, you know, the ecosystems of, like, massive dragons eating other dragons and you're just stuck mm-hmm. in the middle of it trying to fight it. It, it felt kind of like re- you really got, um, what's the word, when you're in the game? You're really immersed really immersed into it yeah you really feel like you know you're there and like a bunch of stuff is happening around you so yeah that, i think that was the most recent one that i really felt like i was really impressed by that game to be honest also i played um 
the Battlefield uh, game, I think World War One. I. I think they released it for free on PS4 recently. Okay. That, uh, what, we can do, yeah. what we can do is we can put a link for all of these games that we mentioned on Definitely. our Facebook page. So if you guys want to go and maybe buy them, buy them through that link. You'll help us out as well. We'll get a small commission, you know, small commission. Little commission, so, yeah. Little yeah. commission, little cheap. Oh, I love. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll put the links of these games that we mentioned. Sir, can well. have some more? Come on. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, sorry, Dan, is there any games that maybe you played recently or you're looking forward to playing that you think are going to have this sort of effect on you? If I'm honest, I've been saving myself for Ghost of Tsushima. Talk about it. I've been saving my money because there's no good games out besides Last of Us 2. Well, but I wanted to replay Last of Us 1 first. Well, read my review first on our website uh, and then buy the game through uh, our link, which is on the same review. Uh, we're plugging uh, the hell out of those links now. Listen, <laughs> but I'm plugging we'll the hell out of it, baby. On a level, on. guys. Yeah, listen, we're broke. Yeah, if coronavirus is out here, if you're going to buy a game, I beg you, just go on our website. Go through the link. Listen, you filthy us, animals. You're not going to pay nothing extra if you buy it through our link. It's the same amount you're going to pay. Help your boys out. But read the, read the review I made for uh, Last of Us 2. You may or may not want to play after the review. That's completely up to you. I mean, everyone <laughs> has their own opinion. But uh, yeah, so it's interesting you mentioned Last of Us 2 because I thought the same thing until I played it. But yeah, carry on. But I'm worried um, it's just going to be like Assassin's Creed. Hmm. That's the only thing I'm worried about. Yeah, Because yeah, yeah. it's like that stealth concept. I don't know if you played Odyssey or the Egyptian one. Yeah, oh, I, played, I, I, I stopped it's playing those be... games like when they went to Britain. I was like, this is just... Oh, that one was trash. But no, the Odyssey nah, the one, one was terrible. But the Odyssey, I like the Egyptian one. Like, they changed the gameplay completely. You actually had to know how to fight. Do you know what I mean? You couldn't just smash square. Yeah. Um, the story was more in-depth and it's like more open world. So maybe, Aaron, you won't like it because you're not really an open world guy, but... Yeah, I, I quite, I quite like, I quite liked it to be honest. I've got Odyssey. I quite like it. I want to get into it, Aaron. Why don't like let's talk about open world games? Like, what is it about open world games that you don't like? Because I, I always never understood why people don't like open world games. The thing is, I kind of like it to be structured, and as I said before, yeah, I want to be immersed in the game, but you know, what I mean, I don't want to feel like I'm literally walking through the desert. Do you feel me? Like. Just get me from point A to B. Let me kill the bad guys. Let me do whatever. Go play through the uh, story. I don't want to have this whole thing. Of, so lazy. Oh, you're Family's in downtown. Got no ingenuity. Get into like the a, car, a drive to thing. drive up north. You know what I mean? Go from Edmonton to Finchley. I don't. I, you know what I mean? I don't really care about none of that. <laughs> Just put me into the game. Let me kill some bad guys. Let me play the story mode. That's it. But what about like what about um GTA? Like, cause that's kind of yeah. open world. You're not into that. Nah. I oh, think when I, I was know. a kid, I was more into that sort of thing. But now I just find it annoying, man. I just want to play the game. I feel Zero like, you know what? As I get older, like I'm finding I have less time to... Even though I enjoy open world games. For example, if Bethesda released their next bloody Elder Scrolls, please, yeah, we've been waiting a good like 20 years Yeah, before I, before I have kids and that. But, but like, by the time they'll release that, I just won't have, to, I'll, I just won't have time to play it properly. Like, you know, I haven't even finished Skyrim, to be honest. Like, I've just done the side quest. I've never finished You haven't it. finished it. Yeah, yeah. I haven't, fin- I haven't finished the main story. I've always done the side quest and then create a new character, new character, because the game's so big. So, um, yeah, I feel you. Like, as I get older, although I enjoy it, I just don't have time for it. 
Exactly, man. I just, I just can't be bothered. If I'm being entirely honest with you, just, just give me the goddamn just wanna places to be, man. People to see. Come on. Do microtransactions. Quick fix. Quick fix. Microtransactions. More subscriptions for Aaron. Done now. What PS now? Yeah, okay. PS now, you know. Yo, okay. Let's let's hop onto that now. Yeah. PS now. So like a lot of streaming um, services uh, started off with uh, Google Stadia concept where. Essentially, what they do is you pay um, a, sub- a subscription fee and you get access to games uh, just by streaming without you having to download it onto your hard drive. PS3, obviously, the PlayStation has also adopted this um, uh, method. What do you think? Like, Do you think this is the future of gaming? Do you think this is where we should be going? Yeah, there's the convenience of it all. But, I mean, at the same time, I just think... I mean, what what quality is the games going to be if you're if you're looking to provide a whole bunch? It's, it's kind of like with Netflix, they've got so many movies on there, but what's the quality of the movies that's on there? You see what mm-hmm. I'm saying? You have like one one good movie on there every couple of weeks, but in reality, all the rest of them are like these crap movies from the 70s, 80s, 90s that weren't even good when they came out back then. Let alone yeah, now. yeah. Do you know what I mean? So you're going to kind of end up in a similar situation to make sure that the cost of the subscription is yes, now on sure. Yeah, they're just going to, so that the cost of the subscription isn't too high for people, they're going to lower the quality of the games that they put in there because obviously it's going to cost them less as well to do that. And you're going to miss out on a lot of good games because you're just playing what's on that console. Whereas if you went and actually just bought the games you wanted, you'd have a better experience. Yeah, I totally agree. The Netflix model kind of decreases the quality of shows coming out. But at the same time, like we're only, we're only going to max out on how much our hard drive can hold. Like for me, I can only hold like five games before I have to delete them. So it's kind of a nice idea that. Man, I hate Call of Duty, man. Oh man, that hundred gigabyte download slapped me, bro. That that what are they on about? What are they on, bro? Anyway, yeah, I mean, like I, I, just found that I had to delete every goddamn game I had, including Insane. all the saved data on those games, just to play Call of Duty. And I was like, I'm not even enjoying this game. I'm getting like no scope 360 by some seven-year-old from 50 miles away every time i try to play the game anyway what's the point i'm gonna yeah, just delete yeah. it but like you can see it's convenient what games do you enjoy sorry you don't enjoy any games no i like to complain about the games that i'm playing no i <laughs> no, no i i enjoy story-driven games so i enjoyed games like detroit um i enjoyed games like heavy rain i enjoyed games like last of us one Oh, so I not open world, Georgia. But not open, not open world. No, I kind of Gears okay, of War when I had the, the Xbox. I thought that was like one of the best games I ever played, and that's like an exclusive to Xbox. Yeah, and that was hard. You have the exclusive Last of Us for, you know, PS4. Man, Xbox sucks. You know, should I tell you something? I actually don't think there's any difference between the consoles other than the way the controller feels in your hand. And obviously, some of them have their own exclusives, but. In terms of the actual consoles themselves, I don't really see much of a difference. Yeah, it's really I think ex- there's more of a difference between PCs and those two consoles than there is between those two consoles themselves. Mm-hmm. So let me put the next question because I know a viewer asked this. So, you know, again, another age-old question. I keep using this this bloody thing, but PC or consoles, like which ideally would you have and w- which would you go with in the future? Did you know there's almost twice as many PC gamers than console gamers? No, I didn't know that, but, but I, I always had the feeling that I always had the feeling that PC gamers are less connected. Kind of like if you're a PC gamer, you kind of play by yourself and a few select friends. Mm-hmm. But with console gaming, I feel like it's more social. You, you know, it's so easy just to pick up your controller and then you're in. 
Whereas PC gaming yeah. is a bit of like, you've got to set yourself up to PC game. It's not as um, natural and, uh, you know, un- unlike formal, <laughs> unformal, you know. Informal. But, yeah. Informal, yeah. yeah. So I was actually going to say with the PC gaming thing, like with, with consoles, you have a set standard of what is considered to be the good consoles that are being brought and the bad consoles. So the good consoles are your PlayStation and your Xbox. But with the PC, there's such a variety of PCs that you can buy. Like for me, for example, I just kind of get overwhelmed because I don't know which ones have the good specs, which ones Mm -hmm. don't. Mm -hmm. So I think that's kind of holding back the PC. Whereas if you had like a set, you know, PC that everyone knew was the good one that worked well, that you could trust that if you bought it, you got good you know, value for your money. That didn't seem overwhelming. I think the PC gaming might even overtake console gaming. So mm. if it was like an Xbox or PlayStation version of the PC. Yeah, so there's like a barrier. A game on my PC, what, what, what PC? Some people yeah, are talking yeah. about they make their own PCs and I'm just looking at that. Me, the guy who can't even be bothered to play. Man can't screw in a light bulb. Yeah, How's he going to build a computer? You know what I mean? It just seems like so overwhelming to jump onto that platform. Although like I know that the, the graphics on PC are supposed to be much better. You know, and, they, and as Dan said, there's supposed to be much more variety of the games that you play. But it just seems so overwhelming and convoluted. And then which one do you buy and so on? I just can't bother. Yeah, I feel you. I feel like PC gamers are really, like, truly, if you really want a PC game, you just build your own system. Because you, you'll know exactly what video card to pick or graphics card. You know how much RAM you need for the style of games that you're going to play. But let's say, like you said, like you, you've got no idea. Do you know what I mean? You just want to play games. Like, you don't care about all of that. You just want to play games at the We don't level. care. Yeah, don't care, innit? How's Aaron going to figure it out? Or how's anyone else going to figure it out? And there's this, like, wall between people and PC gaming. And until the, you know, the production of high-level PCs uh, reduce to affordable price, uh, i.e. near a, um, a PlayStation or Xbox, people are just not going to do it. And this, mm-hmm. is, this is regardless of even the fact that it's not, like I said before, convenient to just, you know, come home, pick up the controller and play. Like you also have to overcome that step. So, yeah, for me, at this stage of my life, like, I think PC, uh, console gaming is the one. Like, I don't have time to sit down and play PC yeah, the games. the convenience of it. Is Bro, just... it's just very convenient, isn't it? Mm. Just play it. Like, you see Aaron's online or whoever's online, boom, you just jump in. Easy. So, um, actually, weirdly enough, we've just been asked the question as we're doing the podcast, which is, what game is in your top 10 but never seems to be in anyone else's? So is there a particular game that you don't really hear mentioned that often that you, you really like? That's a good question, by the way. That's a hard question. You know what? I got one. And it's, it's one that Dan really dissed me for. So I'm going to say it, isn't it? Tekken. Like I said, Tekken, oh. a lot of people... But that isn't a lot of people's top 10, I would argue, no? That's a lot of... Yeah, is it a lot in a lot of people's top 10? Ten? 10's a big number, man. 10's uh, quite tight. Do you think, I mean, I think a lot of people really like, there's people who are like inc- incredibly passionate about Tekken, though, I'd say. Yeah. But, you know, just to plug a, a little bit about Tekken, like, what I like <laughs> about Tekken yeah. is that it's purely skill-based. Do you know what I mean? There's, no, there's nothing will help you in the game apart from are you good enough to beat your opponent? It's, it's very black and white and... Uh, it's, mash, it's, it's button masher. It's not button masher. Bruv, I'll smack you up, you know. Yes, if is. you come on and button mash it, you'll get finished. Are you mad? Yeah, but that's because you know how to play the game. Yeah, that's my point. So, yeah, that's my point. 
the better the better person is the one that knows and the one who knows more about how to play the game wins it's quite exciting to be honest but anyway what's yours Aaron? that's most games i've i've found you know a game through the through the depths of my memory that i had stored away many years ago uh it was a playstation 2 game i don't know if you guys had this i feel like it was kind of a niche game i don't know how big it was at the time but it was called xiii so eight did any of you have that game no, no. So maybe Never explain what it's it. about. So the game, I mean, again, I was quite young when I played it, but I just have a lot of fond memories of it. I can't exactly remember the story mode, but what I do remember is it had the um, kind of, it was almost like a multiplayer game in the sense that it was you against the computer. But what you could do is make it split screen and you could pick different game modes, such as Team Deathmatch and, you know, Capture the Flag and so on. Oh, okay, and it okay. kind of, the animation of it was kind of like... Um, like a comic book animation almost it was a different animation style um and i was a real real big fan of that game because i was a kid and you know you could do the whole it was almost multiplayer you had the multiplayer option before multiplayer was a thing so if you had your cousin or something around you could play them you know team deathmatch uh capture the flag and so on which was a separate thing from the actual story mode itself but i really liked that game it was, i don't know where it would fall in my top 10 but it would definitely be in my top 10 because I, I have fond memories of it Mm, that's interesting so is it first person shooter essentially it was a first person shooter yeah but like okay. i said the the animation style of it was quite different it wasn't mm. it wasn't quite similar to what you would get regularly so if you are if you are listening to this podcast go search it up it's x i i i that was the name of the game you know what let me take mine back i don't know if you guys played uh brothers in Ar- brothers in arms yes that was a very good yeah game. that was a litty game that, that, that was like for its time it, for me, it was like much better than Medal of Honor or, or Call of Duty. Um, that's where there was one on PSP that I played where you could control where you know your teammates are going. Uh, so it was, it was tactical on top of uh, obviously an action shooter. Um, really advise people to play it. You know, if you have a PSP, you can always download it. Or, but yeah, we'll put put it in the link. So, what about you, Dan? What do you think of your one? I've kind of got two entry. So for the first one. Minecraft. I don't care what anyone says. That's one of the greatest games ever created. It's boo, so peaceful. Get off the stage, boo. Nah, man. This... Grow up. <laughs> Grow up, man. What I are you doing? Hours and hours. Did I say I'm playing it now? I, you took. I talk about PS2 days. I'm talking about like Minecraft on the laptop, like, back in secondary school days. Even you know on what? PS4, I got all the trophies. Me and my brother just play it. I have all the tro- Do you know how many hours you need to sink of your life into that game to get all the trophies? Everyone's playing comic games out here, and I'm playing Minecraft, and you're getting onto me. Listen, that game was I think 18 rated, so I was playing a man's game. Do you feel me? No, no Minecraft like a child. All right, yeah. but you know what? I, I, I feel like, like it's a, it's a logical step from Lego. Like, it's just the next step. You know how how like popular Lego. I love is Lego. Kids, yeah, it's insane. And what's the next step? A digital version. Like you can build anything. Yeah. It's based off like you know some mechanics, and in hindsight, it was the most obvious thing to create as a game, but no one did it. So big up to the guys that made Minecraft. I believe it was like quite a small team in Malaysia or um, uh, Mojang. Yeah, Mojang. Yeah. It, it was it was in Malaysia, and it was, it was quite a small team that no one thought you know would blow up. They just thought they made some random ass game, and then in the end. You know, these guys are millionaires or billionaires, probably. It's well done the to top-selling game of all time. Yeah, well done oh, to wow. them. What's your second game, then, then? I know you guys made fun of me so much. I've forgotten now. 
Oh, okay. Ooh, big scary Aaron and Steve bully Dan. Ooh, oh my God. Ooh. Boo, get off the stage. Get off the stage, you schmuck. Wait, just let me remember. Like, Dan's out here crying. He's got a teardrop yeah. in his eye right now. Yeah. You, you can't see it, but... Star Wars, The Old Republic. Oh my God, I'm... I don't want to talk about Star Wars. <laughs> a million <laughs> times above every other. Star Wars, the Old Republic. You how much it's one of the best games ever made. Ever made. The Star Wars <laughs> is, not our, is not our decision. Bro, okay. I'm being coerced by Dan. You know, I, f- I feel like I'm in like an Al-Qaeda camp being tied up and blindfolded. <laughs> yeah. Dan's out here like forcing his doctrine. Trying to indoctrinate us with bloody Star Wars propaganda. Enough. God damn it, Have you man. played it, Steve? I played it. It was an online game, wasn't it? No, no, not that one. The no, it was it. Yeah, it was online. Uh, I, I Night, one. No, Knights of the Old Republic. Oh, Knights of the Old Republic. No, I didn't play that one. No, that's one of the greatest story games I ever played. That was so ahead of its time. You know what? We'll give it to you, Dan. Well done. You managed to fit in another Star Wars topic inside well this episode. Clap, clap. You know clap. what? I think he gets a little bit of like, you know, a little bit endorphins are kicking off in his brain. He, he gets a little. He gets a small cheeky. The thing is, though, share with us that wasn't it. even a second game. No, oh my goodness. That just popped in my head as I was trying to think oh, of the other game. <laughs> and, and you will think of no other games. All right, that's it. That's you're done. You're no, I'm trying. I'm trying. Upcoming games. Go on. Let's talk about upcoming games. Right, because I try to kind of steer the conversation in that direction anyway. But no, is there stink, any games man. other than Ghost of Tsushima? Because obviously we're gonna yeah. play that, we're gonna review it, and so on. But is there any other games that you're looking forward to? I'm kind of looking forward to the Cyberpunk game. That Cyberpunk game looks hard. I mean, we we, we know yes, CD Projekt Red are a serious studio, but they prove themselves with uh, the Witcher series, and even the DLCs were actually very very elite, elite, very elite game. So I'm really looking forward to what they can do with a modern theme. You know, they have more like uh, artistic freedom as well, in a sense, because we can relate to a more futuristic uh, theme. It's something that hasn't been done before as well. Like, I I don't remember a massive, you know, open world game that was so in-depth about that theme, a cyberpunk theme. So I'm really... Open world. Here's the thing, though. Here's the thing that worries me about both um, Ghost of Tsushima and of cyberpunk. As far as I'm aware, they haven't really put too much of like the gameplay out there. No, Cyberpunk, they've got, they've got gameplay. Have they put, have they put There's quite a lot of gameplay on Cyberpunk. Yeah, oh, Cyberpunk, okay, they've right. got quite so, a lot. Okay, in maybe, it. maybe Ghost of Tsushima then is what I should maybe talk about. Yeah. Like, it's a lot of cinematic. Yes, why do they do that? It's constantly cinematic stuff. I'm not going to play that in the game. Stop giving me the cinema. Like, it's like with FIFA, every year they put a bit more sweat onto the players, give you a, a cinematic and say, yep, we've improved the game. It's so good this year. Ronaldo is 10 times sweatier. Do you know what I mean? It's like, okay, cool. I get it. You know, he's sweaty and whatnot. But when you're playing the game, you don't even see the sweat anyway. So why are you showing me this? Like, I don't, yeah, I agree, man. For me. I, I get worried when, you, you know, a bit of cinematic's good because it's exciting, isn't it? You want to see something exciting. But when that's all they're releasing, it gets worrying. You're like, it's okay. Like Assassin's Creed, where it's like half the like half the rollout, or more than mm. half the rollout, is just like a, a really cool cinematic. So you know, obviously, there's Valhalla coming out. I think that's yeah. what the game is called. Yeah. Uh, so it's about yeah, the Valhalla. Um, and you know, they released like a what four minute trailer of just a cinematic of it. But you know, it just makes me think. Well, that's not really what the game's going to be like when you're playing it. So why? You, you know, and sure like my advice to people is, don't pre-order games. I beg you, because. When you pre-order games, you encourage them to keep doing this. So, like, wait for the game cheaper. to come out. Huh? You don't get it cheaper when you pre-order it. I don't understand. Bro, it makes no sense. Uh, I think people... It are costs just, like, more. 
They cost more, yeah. People just can't wait to get a game. But like, if you do that, you give them, you give the, you're telling the game, gaming industry that, yeah, you know what? Rip me off. Show me all these cinematics and no gameplay. I'll buy your game anyway. And what? And then Incomplete. you get surprised. Yeah, then you get surprised when you get like an incomplete <laughs> game. Yeah, bro, you played yourself. Like, do you know what I mean? I remembered. No, my, my second game. Yeah, what is your second bro, game? Go on. Age Go on of Empires. Age One of the oh, greatest actually, games fair, ever made. That was a good game. No, I really? love that game. I love that. I love that so much. Oh my days. Oh, the yeah. tactical game. Did you game? play? Bro, yeah, I still yeah, play yeah, that yeah, game. Yeah. I, play, I was playing it with Ryan the other day. I'm not even kidding. It's a good game. It's timeless. Age of Empires. Oh, it's timeless. Yeah, Age of Empires. Yeah, yeah. I was playing oh. it the other day. It's so good. As a strategic game, it's really good. But let's keep on I track, innit? <laughs> let's yeah. keep on track. Thank you, Dan. <laughs> Thank you, Dan. answering for... that question 10 minutes later. But how Bro. about... Yeah, right. So what, what, we, what were we saying? Now you've so made we're saying like, game. Yeah, we were um, saying like how games are, you know, uh, becoming like more cinematic, their releases. Yeah. And it just credits the game in my opinion but but the issue is they know they can do it because you idiots yeah i'm talking to you the listener who, who's pre-ordering stuff yeah you, you're okay, just like but, the shoe okay, woman but if we just like the shoe amazon, woman who sleeps in a bed any amazon pre-order links please do use them <laughs> oh yeah, yeah those pre-order links are halal just just click on it but yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, come didn't Aaron pre-order last of us Brother, I pre-order every game. Uh, Steve's sticking on me right now when he says, exactly. "Is it you? Are you one <laughs> no, of no?" But I will pre-order the subscription because man. I played it ten years ago, and I'm Aaron. so fond of the characters that I just I, I was like, you know what? The second it comes out, I want to play. Bro, they played you. You are that idiot that I'm talking about. Everyone <laughs> looks like Joel. <laughs> I look like listen. Like imagine I too, I too am freakishly handsome. So, you know, <laughs> here we are. Like imagine Channing Tatum from Step Up to. And I Joel had a baby. This. I have drip. I'm not like I'm not like <laughs> Tatum. <laughs> I don't wear blue cut jeans. What the hell is this like? What is this? <laughs> Man, this is assault on my character. Tatum yeah. from Magic Mike. I, I, understand. I was gonna say I that. Like an ethnic Joel. Okay. But you like gotta stick on me. Everyone looks like it belongs in Magic Mike. That's what I'm saying, ladies. Yeah. <laughs> If you're single, well, with his, with his Aaron's out here. Where's the link in description? Oh, my Lord. We'll put, we'll put his link in the description. Yeah, only fans link in the description. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys want to know um, the top selling consoles ever? Yeah, go on. The first one is PlayStation 2. Of course, my king. My Obviously, king. Come on, Amazing my king. Console. Amazing. Console. My new being king. Mm. And then, um, come on. Right, come on. Come on, man. You know, you know what time <laughs> Man said all black. Come what's, on, this, what's going on? Come on, man. Come on, man. Steve. Come We're on, claim, man. I'm claiming that. Yeah, come I'm on. Claiming that's black. That's black excellence. PS2. <laughs> you know that PS5 business? That PS5 business is the smelly. Yeah. Stinky. <laughs> that's a step back. <laughs> yeah, go on. So after PS2, what was it? What's the next one, Dan? Is it the... Let me guess. Yes. Nintendo Sorry. DS. No way. That is very surprising. The third one is, if you want to guess. The third one after DS is got to be the Nintendo 64. You know what? I'm just going to say PSP because I, oh. I apparently don't have a clue about what game consoles are being sold. So, Is it the 64? No, it's the Game Boy. Oh, the so Game the Boy. Yes, yes. No, the Game Boy, that was a big, big console, Aaron. Did anyone have the big grey one? Is that really Bro- thick? Brother had the SP. Do you remember the SP? Like You could flip it up. Uh, yeah, the, the flip one. Yeah, yeah that's what yeah, I that's had. That one, no, I had so. that 99 p store one where you had like games like Snake and oh Tetris the battery. You got <laughs> put the battery in the back. Yeah, yeah, it had like 99 <laughs> games on there for a pound. That that shit was amazing. I don't care what anyone said. 
Imagine they add microtransactions to those consoles. <laughs> <laughs> so now that Dan's given us a bit of that uh, shocking information that these handheld games actually were game consoles actually were doing bits. I think maybe we can wrap it up there for the time being. But as you guys heard, if you do give us suggestions on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook, uh, we will actually talk about them on the podcast. So do get yeah. in touch with us on social media. Our Twitter page is called Podcast Verbal. That's our at. Our Instagram page is Verbal Reasoning Podcast. Our Facebook page, you just need to search the Verbal Reasoning Podcast. And the same goes for our YouTube page. Yeah. Now, what we would want from you guys is to just leave us a review, like, share, and obviously, as we stated, comment and even DM us if you want to. If you don't want to put it out there, you know, publicly, DM us. Talk to us about, you know, the type of topics that you want us to discuss. Uh, so thank you for listening. Goodbye. Ta-da! Uh, Steve, why didn't you say who said having fun and being serious can't go hand in hand? That was bloody brilliant.